On this episode of Stories Behind the Grind, listen to my conversation with Paul Dunn, chairman of B1G1. What started out as just an idea has now had over 176 million impacts worldwide, with more than 2,100 businesses involved. We discuss where this literally life-changing idea came from, how businesses can start giving back from as little as one cent a day, and how the power of small can lead to monumental change. My name is Aidan Vokolo, and here you will find business strategies, tips, and tactics that you can incorporate not only in your own venture, but your life, to help you simplify and strategically grow, scaling up the impact you're having in this world. Listen as I talk to creators, innovators, and game changers on what it takes to build an impactful business, uncovering their insights, strategies, and tips to help you increase profitability and develop a thriving team culture. Welcome to the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. Paul, thanks so much for coming on the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. It's great to have you on. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be with you, Aidan. Thank you for inviting me. Paul, you're the chairman of B1G1, a four-times TEDx speaker, a wise mentor who has helped countless individuals improve their business operations. Tell me about the transition you made from, I guess, an engineering background to where you are now, giving businesses the power to change lives. Well, such a great, that's a great opening question, that is. And, and uh, thank you for the compliment of wise mentor. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> and I guess the answer to your question is, and I better answer it before I forget it. Uh, the, uh, the answer to your question is, I think uh, all of us, no matter whether we are business owners or whatever, all of us have moments in our life. A friend of mine puts it this way. He says that where we are right now is really a sum total of those moments, right? And those critical moments where we made decisions to go one way or the other. And so, you know, I've been very lucky that I was blessed with a really appropriate, some really stunning moments in my life. I mean, you know, it started when I was one of, as engineering, as you said, uh, and I was one of the first 10 in Australia, the Australian entity of Hewlett Packard way back when. And uh, I mean, how lucky can you be? You know, you, here you were literally sitting down with the people who built Silicon Valley, you know, Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard and, and getting their essence, if you like, rubbing off on you. And uh, they were also, they were always about, you know, personal responsibility and all of that kind of stuff. And they were also about really getting that, Whatever you do in business, it's always the, the essence of or the, the thing that they would preach and preach and preach and preach would be, it's all about adding value. It's all about adding value. It's all about adding value. That was, that was their, their mantra. And so, uh, after a little while, you know, you, you get, that gets inculcated in you. And so uh, I guess there was a, there was a, an entrepreneurial spirit inside me. And I saw that we could do some things for, funnily enough, the accounting profession, which of course HP in those days, it was not in, right? And, and so they had this wonderful way of giving you 20% of your time. You could focus on whatever it was you wanted. So I focused on writing some software for accountants. And that just short, long story short, that became one of Australia's first computer companies. And uh, that was when I moved away, if you like, from the sort of engineering side of things to understanding the human interaction and, and being able to move people from, you know, this understanding to that understanding. And then that whole thing around moving people just really quickly got me to the point of, you know, once, uh, in fact, in Brisbane, where you are right now, uh, someone dragged me to a seminar before we understood what seminars were. And there was a guy called Jim Rome, 
And at the time I was running, you know, this computer company, we had uh, 150 people reporting to me. We were doing, you know, it was really amazing. And so I thought, what, what, what on earth could I do going to a seminar? You know, why would I go? So I went and, um, you know, there were some relatively famous names sitting in the audience. And Rowan, uh, if you've ever seen James Rowan, he, he doesn't sort of move about the stage yet. Well, he did. I mean, he's passed on now. But uh, I just got the power of the words that he was using. And so that night I called up my colleagues and I said, I'm out of here. I, I, I feel I've got this thing uh, where I, I just have something inside me that I, that I want to share. And so uh, that was when I created a thing called Results Corporation, which grew very rapidly to the point where, uh, that was in 1981, uh, to the point where uh, by 1992, uh, we had 20, if you can remember back that far, we had 23,000 business owners for whom we were doing all of the marketing. And it was just, it was just a phenomenon. Then I went on and focused back on the accounting profession again. And then in the year, uh, and that amazed, that was amazing. We did there in terms of changing lives and stuff. And then I sold all of that in the year 2000 and uh, ostensibly retired, right? But you probably get that that's, Hopefully you can hear that little lilt in my voice that says, no, Paul could not do that. Uh, so, and so I, I had to be under the radar a little bit because of, you know, when you sell companies. You're, uh, but then, then eventually I got back to speaking and, and stuff. And then one day a big moment occurred uh, when I was in Bangalore of all places. And I was actually a participant in a program and, and uh, I, it was run by a friend of mine and I was there kind of supporting. That was the first time when I, I really saw, I got to meet this guy who had been really impacted by the tsunami, the 2004 tsunami. And that made me realize that, oh my God, we as entrepreneurs have a, it's not about us, you know, it's, it's, it's about the people that we're privileged to serve. And so it was that day uh, when I realized that you know, if you'd have asked me at that point, what was my business all about? Um, then it was about adding value, adding value, adding value. I mentioned that. And it was also about one other thing. It was about having fun. That was, that was, that was it. I never really worried about the money or anything like that. It was just all about adding value, having fun. And then after that day, I, I realized, oh my gosh, we have a responsibility to do something else, you know? And I was listening to Paul Polman recently, who's until recently was CEO of Unilever. And, and he put it this way. He said, you know, when you think about it, he said, there's there's 2% of us. He said, I, I reckon it's about 2% of us that have had the benefit of a great education and, you know, we've been looked after and all that kind of stuff. But it's only about 2% of us. And what about the other 98%? Don't we have some kind of responsibility? Kind of look at that. And then uh, as I was thinking about all of those things, I met uh, my co-founder of B1G1, who's Masami, Masami Sato. And we were, again, another moment, she's uh, in a mentoring session with me. I was actually mentoring her. She had this tiny, tiny business, which was doing gluten-free frozen food. And uh, normally, of course, it's the, it's the men mentor that asks the questions. But this particular day, which was back in 2007, she asked me a question. And, and she said, uh, I, just something occurred to me yesterday. Can I bounce it off you? I said, sure. She said, could you just imagine what the world would be like if every time a business transaction was done, something great happened in our world? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, I've been thinking about that for the last 24 hours, and I've got a name for it. And she said, the name is buy one, give one. 
And I said, well, Masami, how would that work? And you know the term woo-woo. And then I thought this is some kind of woo-woo thing. And she said, well, so literal words were, well, imagine, Paul, that you go down to Harvey Norman, um, she actually used that name, to buy a, a plasma TV. And I went, whoa, 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 stop for a second. If I go down there to buy a plasma TV, they're not going to give me another one, like buy one, give one kind of thing, right? And she said, no, you don't understand. And I said, what is it I don't understand? And she said, you buy that plasma TV on account of how you want better vision. So how would it be if when you did that, if someone who could not see got the gift of sight? And I mean, talk about a moment. That was like, whoa. And then she sort of followed that up and, and said, uh, and said, or oh, imagine all of the people selling coffee today. What would happen if every time a cup of coffee was sold, a child in need got access to pure life-saving water? And then she said, or, or if you think about your books, you know, imagine someone selling your book. Wouldn't it be great if every time that happened, a tree got planted? And, and I'm like blown away by this. And I said, uh, can I be your mentor for the rest of your life? And there's a bit of a story around that, but the answer eventually came, yes, you can. And uh, so from that day forth, I've you know, been just so fortunate to be able to figure out. I mean, it's not easy to figure out how to do that. It sounds easy to talk about, but it's not easy to do it. And it took three years to figure out, this is in 2007, it took three years to figure out how do you do that? How do you, you know, how do you find the project? How do you make sure that 100% of the money uh, that people give, how do you make sure that that goes to the project? That they, how, do you, how do you get lots of projects? How can you make sure of, you know, there's so many questions, right? That you have to kind of do the what if on. And uh, so we solved all of those. And now, fortunately, as I, you know, I looked uh, just before we came on air, as it were, and uh, as of right now, 176 million, 800,000 giving impacts in, in V1G1 just from that tiny idea. And much as it might be nice for people to think, well, that's really cool. And, and you know, uh, there's a very important, very important point in that. And that is that as entrepreneurs, as startups, you know, all of those sorts of things, we must always remember that it is what I, it's always about what I call the power of small. It's, it's these tiny, tiny, tiny things that actually have huge impact. And, and when you realize that, you start moving from this kind of one day I'll do this, right, to hang on, why wouldn't I do it now <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing, right? Because it's a tiny thing. But once you realize that these tiny things can have massive impact, I'm not, I'm not talking just about in the giving, I'm talking about in business, you know, the, the tiny things you do, the, the way you look at someone when someone comes into your store, the words you say when you're on the phone, the way in which you do quotes and stuff like that. You know, there's so many tiny things that you can do that change it so that the potential customer, for example, actually enjoys it and, and, and buys more as a result. And these days, of course, the, there's another side associated to all of that because the world has changed dramatically since 2007. You know, in, in 2008, there was that thing called the global financial crisis. And, and I think that was when we started to realize, and you would know this, that was when we started to realize that, you know, and that was when, you know, there was the whole Wolf of Wall Street thing, you know, the greed is good thing and so on. And the way I characterize it now, let me give you the latest stats. Uh, the latest stats, these are American stats, because I was speaking um, a couple of weeks ago in, 
in uh, Silicon Valley. So I look up some stats that made sense over there. So here's what I think we see. We see that there are people in corporate and they're getting well paid and they're working hard and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is that they get home at the end of the day, many of them, they get home at the end of the day, their head hits the pillow and just before you know their eyes close, they have this thought, is that all there is? Is that all there is? Am I, am I chasing the wrong thing? You know, what happened to meaning and purpose? Is it, you know, what happened to that, right? And so we see the result of people now starting their businesses with meaning and purpose right at the core of that. And in fact, 84 businesses per hour right now are being created. And that's never happened before in the world. Never happened like that. And part of the reason for it, of course, is is that it's just easier to do now. But the real interesting thing is that people, and again, B1G1 is playing a part in this because buy one, give one was a bit long to say. So now we say B1G1 uh, is playing a part in that because now it's very easy for someone to say, my goodness, you mean I can start a business, I can join B1G1, yes, and I can give from one cent? One cent makes a difference? You've got to be kidding me. No, we're not kidding. It's absolutely true, right? So there's no way you say one day, oh, kind of thing. So that's the first thing. The second thing I think that's really interesting is that we know the latest stats say 84 out of every 100 uh, consumer, client or customer, is wanting to deal with companies that are on purpose, that, that have something more than profit as their main motive. And so we know that's happening. We also know that at the same time that 74% of people who are actually in the job market right now, in fact, this number is, I'm underquoting this number, but the latest research took up a couple of things. But anyway, the number is 74 out of every 100 people who are seeking for a job want to work for a company that has meaning and purpose at its core. And so so now if you're the new business starting up, then you're going to put meaning and purpose at, at the core that's because that's who you are. You've gone through this, oh, is that all there is kind of thing. And if you're a, a business owner who's, you know, been doing it hard or been doing it, you know, for like 10 years or whatever it is, you're understanding something else. And that is, you, you know, you want to get the best talent. Your customers are demanding different things and you need to become a magnet for talent. So how do you become a magnet for talent? Answer, add meaning and purpose into your business. And one of the ways you can do that is by popping V1G1 in there. So for me, and I've realized I've just been speaking for like about 12 minutes, but so I hope it wasn't some sort of big diatribe going on. But but so, you know, we we, we really need to understand this whole thing as to where the world has gone now and we in business. Oh, and then, then there's one more thing uh, that has happened as well that I think is really important. And that happened in 2015. In fact, on September the 23rd, 2015, when there were a group of business owners, or business people you would know, right? Like Bill Gates, like Branson, like Paul Pollman, who were there in Geneva. And uh, on the 23rd of September, 2015, just three and a bit years ago. And the reason they were there is that, and Branson took the lead this night, which is kind of interesting. He doesn't normally do that. And he said, let me explain the reason I'm here. He said, this, this is the first time that the world body, they were in a United Nations building, the world body has acknowledged, this is so cool, isn't it? Has acknowledged that it's not governments that change our world. 
Now, certainly governments can enable it, but it's not governments that fundamentally change it. The, the people who fundamentally change it is business owners, their teams, entrepreneurs. That's where the change occurs. So I'm here, he said, to launch these things that have been three years in the making. They're variously called the Sustainable Development Goals or the Global Goals. And these are 17 things ranging from you know, no poverty, gender equality, all of those sorts of things, food, you know, lots of 17 of them. Uh, that we must, and you know, underline must, capitalize it, bold it, uh, achieve by 2030. If we want to be, you know, if we care enough for the generations that come after us, we've got to do it. We really have to do it. And I, I was reading a piece today where, you know, I, I had referred to the these global goals as a pathway for business. That's how I saw them because, and they're central to B1G1, by the way. And and I saw them as, uh, you know, just a, a pathway which gave us a common language in business, if you will. And I was reading this piece today and, and someone said, it's not that they're a pathway for business, they're a pathway for humanity. I love that. And so, you know, what we're seeing is business now, is, well, you don't need me to tell you this, business is much more trusted than government. Uh, it doesn't surprise you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but maybe it does because business wasn't, it wasn't always that way. And, you know, entrepreneurs are out there and entrepreneurs, uh, uh, particularly those starting up, uh, you know, great businesses or businesses that can be great are just doing extraordinary things because many of them are saying, you know, there's a bigger purpose. Once you get that bigger purpose, once you are really clear about why you get up in the morning, everything changes. My, my friend Simon Sinek, you know, he of Start With Why, uh, says it this way. He says, differentiation comes from clarity of why. And I would say much more comes from it. You know, it's like it gives us the compass the the whole thing about uh, our day and it gives the business focus we become a magnet for talent we become a magnet for customers as well so there you go that's probably the longest answer to a question you've ever had <laughs> set, set a new, new world hopefully record. hopefully it was great yeah new world record yeah no 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 thanks thanks for um but hopefully yeah. it made sense no it did you answered a lot you know a lot of questions that, that others would have as well about you know who's responsible for change in this world and how you've been able to, to navigate your journey. A question, what does or how can businesses enable meaning and purpose in their own business? Well, it starts with, uh, it starts obviously with the owner of the business, right? Because you can't sort of, you know, it's usually, it's so interesting when you talk with owners and, and they say, I've got a problem in this business. Oh, what's, what's the problem? Oh, the problem is the culture. Well, yeah, but what, what, what's that about? Oh, it's about the team members. No, <laughs> no, it's about you. Right. So first of all, you have got to be very clear. You've got to be on purpose. You've got to, uh, and then you have to find ways. And that's not that difficult to do, by the way. And then you've got to find ways of, of sharing that and also providing a place where others can feel on purpose. That doesn't mean that they necessarily share the, the deepness of your purpose. It doesn't mean that there's all sorts of reasons that they could be doing what they do but where they get very clearly that as being part of this, they're doing something great, you know? And when they when they get that, the stats in Australia, and if you would read the alarmist stats, normally if we're being sort of conservative, we say this number is 51%, but there is a number out there that says 87% of people in, employed are actually disengaged. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's really terrible. And it just comes back to the owner really getting clear as to what is the problem that we're going to solve? What is that thing that lights our fire? And by the way, uh, that's not money. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Mind you, that's not to say that you've got to, I mean, obviously you've got to make money as well, right? But, but it, it is to say that that's not the thing that lights people's fire. We think it does, but it doesn't. Yeah, it's more of a, a means to an end, I guess, money. You yeah. understand what that what that end is or where you're going towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, you know, I know that you've had on your, on your podcast some people who are just extraordinary, how would you say, extraordinary examples of uh, what happens when you do that. You know, it's like amazing what happens when you, when you, when you get it yourself and then you're able to spread it amongst the team as well. Just amazing, right? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, you, you become a, a a magnet for talent. If you are um, you clearly yeah. define your purpose and your vision and where you're going, you can draw people yeah. along with you. you. You absolutely do. And and it sounds like it's a big thing. It's actually not. Remember I said earlier on, it's, it's just a little thing. It's a, a little moment where you pause and you just say to yourself, I mean, it's you, the people are listening to us now. Just try this. Right? And the good thing is if you're listening in car, your car, you don't have to stop and take a note of this, right? Because I think that when you write stuff down, that's not actually you. And so when I say to people, you know, uh, they say, well, Paul, how do I, how do I find that? Why? I said, it was pretty simple. Actually, you get an iPhone or some other uh, smartphone. And if you're on your iPhone, you'd say, Hey, Siri, open voice recorder. And hopefully everybody's voice recorder is just open. <laughs> and you say, and you say, I get up every morning too, and then you complete that. Right? You, you complete the sentence, and you know it's, it's, it's a difficult thing, right? Because some people, so they go, I get up every morning too, and oh god, why did I press the record button? You know, because it, it doesn't, it doesn't come right. Uh, but then, uh, you know, in the, uh, the the people that I mentor around the world, or, or you know, when I'm in front of a live audience, sometimes we kind of do the Guinness Book of Record thing, where everybody does this, right? And uh, frequently, funnily enough, is women. And I, I just need to say as a disclaimer that I am in awe of women. Now, that didn't say that to, you know, upset the guys, but it's just that women get this stuff intuitively. Now, that's not to say we as we guys can't get it. It is to say that the women get it intuitively. We have to work at it. And so frequently, women are amongst the first to say, oh, yeah, I, I say, you know, you've got a good example. And I say, I've got a good example. I say, okay, what did you say? And frequently it goes like this, right? They, they say, um, well, I get up every morning, Paul, to be a great example for my children. And if I'm having, um, like, if I want to be tough love, which is hard for me to do, but if I wanted to do that, I would say, let's say Sally was the person who said it, and I would say, well, good for you, Sally. And that's tough love. And then they look at you and say, well, you know, what are you trying to say? I said, well, Sally, you get, that's actually all about you. And, there's a simple way. Remember, Aiden, we said earlier on that it's the power of small that will change this. So, so I would say to Sally, and say, Sally, say exactly what you said again, but put th- these two words. One of them is a two-letter word. One of them is a four-letter word. On the end of what you said, the words are so that. And so, so she goes again. I get up every morning to be a great example for my children. So that, and then there's a little pause so that they can inspire the kids that they connect with every day 
so that maybe we can actually make a difference in our community and who knows, we can make a dent in the universe as a result. Oh, <laughs> suddenly, suddenly it's not about you anymore. And so now what you, what you realise, so just from those two little words, what you, what you realise, which hopefully helpful for those of you who are just saying, hey, Siri, you know, open voice recorder, <laughs> all of a sudden you've achieved something quite remarkable because now when when you hit that why, right, you and you and you know it and it's succinct and so on and so forth, what you really want people to be able to say it once they hear it, this is a good test, right? Once they hear it, provided they're the right kind of people that you should be talking with, and that's a whole other subject about, you know, getting avatars and dealing just with the people that you like and so on and so forth. But anyway, so let's say uh, someone hears it and what you really want them to say is, oh, my God, I, I want to be a part of that. That's what you want, to, you want them to say, whether they would be an investor, whether they would be a customer, whether they would be uh, a team member and so on. So that's who the why, aside from yourself, obviously, but that's who the why has to inspire. Does that make some sense? Yeah, it does, definitely. It's, um, I like adding those two words right at the very end so that, so, so that it's not just about mm. yourself, it's about others and, and, and the difference you can inspire others to, to make an impact in this world. Yeah, let's just talk. I mean, uh, earlier on, before, before you pressed the record button, right, we were talking about some people that we know who happen to be in the accounting field. Right? And as you would know, it's, it's so interesting, if I can just go, go off on this, it's so interesting where, where you look at, if you look at what's happening in, in the accounting field, as for example, the whole thing is, you know, we've got to get into advisory. We've got to get into advisory, you know, advisory, advisory, advisory. Is that is all the people who are quote unquote teaching the profession are saying, got to do advisory. And what's interesting about that is that no one's saying why. Right. So it's like, and when they do say why, it's the wrong why. Right. Because so it goes like this, right. Well, you've got to get into advisory. Oh, why have you got to do that? Well, because your fees will be higher and, and, you know, and then they sometimes say, and you'll enjoy it more, which is getting away from that. But how about this? What you've got to do is look at the outcome, right? And here's the thing that I would say to, to an accountant, for example, I, I would say, do you know, let me tell you what accountants do. Accountants change lives. That's what they do. You know, what? Yeah, they really do change lives. For example, the guy who's got a problem with his, you know, his baths or whatever it is in Australia these days, you know, and, and you've got to believe they're not sleeping well. You've got to believe there's difficulty in the family and all of a sudden you fix it for them. You just change not just that life, but also the life of the people in the family. But then what if you go a stage further? And what if you say, well, the reason I should get into advisory, remember those global goals that Paul talked about a little while ago? Wow. Who is it that is working with businesses more than anybody else? Answer, accountants. So what if the accountants really got that the reason they should do this is because they can help create extraordinary businesses, which in turn, I got, here's the so that, right? So that business can do just amazing things with creating a world that's actually the world we want to live in. Now, all of a sudden... You know, I, I'm, I'm going to feel a little bit better about what I do as an accountant. But it's not about what I do. It's about the result of what we do. And interesting enough, if I could just sort of de-accountant that for the minute, one of the things that's really, really, really easy to do, when you, particularly when you're a, a, a new startup business, for example, and particularly when you're in the tech field, 
it's really easy to fall into a big trap. And that big trap is where you fall in love with your product or your service. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's really cool. You know, that sort of thing. It's so easy to do that. And it's so easy to do it because you spent all this time dealing with it, right? So you're kind of in love with it. But the, the, here's the thing. The obverse of that, the distinction in that is that the thing that we should be falling in love with is the customer who's about to use our product or service, right? That's who we should be falling in love with. Now, that, that might sound a little bit weird and a little bit uh, woo-woo and everything else, but that's the crucial thing, right? It's not about falling in love with the product. It's about falling in love with the customer who might use it. And once you shift that, then everything shifts. And it's also about realizing that, and I have this kind of interesting little graph, little bell curve that I draw, and, and where you know people go from what I call failing businesses to surviving businesses to what I call reaching out businesses. And then you can see some sort of progression there. And, and the reaching out businesses are really interesting because what happens there is they've gone from you know starting up, it's tough to put bread on the table, then they get into this surviving thing. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be disparaging. It's not, I'm just saying this is the way it is. And then they're falling in love with the product or the service and they finally get, no, it's actually about the customer. So then they'll start reaching out. And, you know, that's when they go to you know, marketing things and, and they think it's about SEO and, you know, all of whatever else the funny thing is, you know, the, the silver bullet is today. And people listening to us now might go, well, what's wrong with reaching out? Why wouldn't you want to do that? Well, just ask yourself this question. Is it better to build a business where you have to do that? Or is it better to build a business that people want to reach into? And that's the business that is on purpose. I call it a legacy business. That's the business that, that where it's not just the owner who is fully on purpose, but it's the, you know, the owner is able to get the team on purpose as well. And that's where, you, you know, frequently when we talk about that word legacy, when people talk about the word legacy, they, they think about, you know, leaving a legacy. I, I think there's two other words that begin with L that we can think about in relation to that. And that is, the first one is not leaving. Well, I mean, leaving is important. But what about living? What about living a legacy? What about doing that every single moment? And then what about leveraging the legacy? What does that mean? Well, the, what that means is inspiring other people where you go, wow, this is a good thing you do. <laughs> you really should be doing that as well. And, of course, being one g one to come full circle when people realize that that's what they want to do. That's when increasingly people uh, give us a call at B1G1 and they say, okay, how can we, you know, what are the mechanisms now where we do all of that? And that's why uh, I'm sure at some point uh, today I probably said, you know, I have the best job in the world because I get to talk about this stuff every day. How do businesses get involved in, in B1G1? You mentioned before, you know, from, from one cent a day that people can start to, to leave an impact and to tailor it to any sort of business transaction that they um, yeah, have yeah, in their business. So yeah. what's, for those that are interested in wanting, wanting to know a little bit more, what's, what's the next step? Well, the, the, the next step is, uh, is go to b1g1.com. That would be the, you know, the best place to go. And then you, you get the whole thing. But if you wanted, uh, there's something that actually happens literally 24 hours ago. And uh, if people listening to us now have got the ability to 
just make a note of this. You, you'd be aware of Vimeo, right? So here's a number for you. You go to Vimeo.com and you go 147-637-603. So Vimeo, 147-637-603. You will see, a, and the good news is for years, I've been trying to get V1G1 down into like, you know, how could you concatenate it? How could you shorten it? And that particular video is uh, three minutes and 40 seconds. And it really gives you the whole kind of thing. And you get it, and right at the end there it says, go to a bit, that was it? Uh, go to b1g1.global forward slash new. And that's where you get the whole thing about you being able to do this for a dollar a day, which is just quite extraordinary. Because when you see what it does, um, people go, oh my gosh, that's going to cost me tens of thousands. Literally, they say that. And the answer is, no, it doesn't. It's, a dollar a day. So it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fantastic. It's um yeah, like I said before, that there's that common misconception that to, to give back it has to be, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It, you know, it can be as, as, as well. low as a dollar a day, as you said. What are some of the um exactly. what are some big impact projects you've you've seen? Oh, you know the thing that really interests me or that really fascinates me is I mean, we've got um, you know, nearly five hundred high impact projects in B1G1 now. In fact, I think it's a bit more than 500. And uh, the board of B1G1 rejects nine out of every 10 of the projects that apply. So what that means is when you see a B1G1 project, it's an awesome project. And just today, actually, I got a note back from one of the projects that is involved in education uh, with kids. And it's just absolutely amazing. You know, get this number. These are American dollars, by the way, but for $3.36, that's it, $3.36 American, we we can actually make sure that a kid uh, in rural India gets to school for an entire year. And you heard that right, right? And that's through an e-learning program that is just extraordinary. And I've had the privilege of going to these things, and it's just amazing what happens. Because, see, when the, when the kids, and by the way, the same thing happens in Australia as well. There's a lot of stuff happening in indigenous schools now as a result of B1G1 through an organization called .com Mob that is really, really cool. Anyway, let me just tell you what happens. So the, the, the kids, when they turn 14, that's when they're supposed to go to secondary school, uh, and, and, but the school is not free. Um, they have to have a uniform. So the parents say, we can't afford a uniform because we're, in the rural, the, these guys are up in the mountains, right? And so they say to their kid, you know, and not only that, we're poor and you need to help us on the farm. And the kid goes, well, that's okay because the farm is more exciting than school. But then what happens is the, the e-learning thing goes in and the kids go, oh, let me go have a look at that. And they love it. And uh, Aiden, you wouldn't believe when you, when you see what happens to the kids, it's amazing. But what's really cool is not only are they outperforming the city kids in these exams? But what's actually happening is this. Their parents see the difference in the kid. And then in every case now, what happens is the parents then go to the teacher and they say, um, Ms. Teacher, can we, can we open the school at night? Or why, why would you want to do that? Because we want to learn as well. And the magic is that it's the kids that do the teaching through the thing. I mean, it's like, <laughs> 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 that's fantastic it's yeah it is it's uh it, it's really cool uh you know to, to see all of that 
kind of stuff. Or, you know, you, we were, I mentioned, we were in America just recently, and how cool is this? You know, we, we found that there's a new project in B1 Juman, which now, in the, and believe it or not, in the U.S., okay, we can, we can now feed a homeless person, remember again, these are U.S. dollars, for 11 cents. That's insane. That's absolutely insane that that can be done. But yeah, it can be done in Bill and Jill. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, the, the, the amount of story. It, it is, it is. You never think of it. You, you never think of it, it, it was possible. That's right. That's right. And, and part, of the reason, part of the reason for that is, is, you know, that we, you know, I remember in, in Australia about four years ago, was it four, maybe three or four years ago, it was the Packer family and James Packer, uh, who I know has had some challenges recently, but he just, was, I think it was about three and a half years ago, he, big news on the Sunday paper, you know, Packer gives $200 million to, uh, the, you know, the Aboriginal community and so on and so forth. Now, the cynics would say, yeah, 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 well, he did that because of the tax benefits and all of that, and there's probably some truth to some of that. But the problem is we hear the story and we go, oh, okay, well, when I can afford to give $200 million, I'll do it too. Mm. <laughs> and we, we don't understand that, you know, for one cent, uh, we can – oh, let me give you a really beautiful example of this. Um, just very quickly, uh, this is a friend of ours who's a B1G1 guy's name is Tim, and Tim is a speaker. And uh, Tim was engaged uh, to do a program in uh, Nigeria, actually. Uh, this is last week. And um, uh, he did the program. They loved it. Uh, they paid him really well, which was great. And he's sitting at the airport, and, and he's, he's thinking about carbon offsets. Now, I don't know about you, Aiden, but Whenever I go to book a flight and I see, you know, there's a little tick box that says carbon offset, I never tick it. You know why I never tick it? Because I don't understand what that is. I do not understand what a carbon offset is. You know, and I just don't. And so Tim is one of those people that has the same issue. So he, so he gets on his B1G1 app, literally on his app on his phone, right? And he searches tree, right? And he finds he can plant a tree for 40 cents, a forest tree for 40 cents. So then he does this research. He obviously had a lot of time on his hands at the airport. And he figured out how long does it take this tree to grow. And when it grows, he's going through Google and other places. What's the amount of carbon that it sucks out of the atmosphere and gives back or whatever it works? And he figures that out. And then he goes and looks up the plane that he's flying in and how much bad is that doing, right? And so he equates the number of, your carbon things here with the number of carbon things there, which I get, right? And he says, oh, it's 24 trees. Right? So he, just, he just goes on a B1G1 and plants effectively 24 trees. So now I have a giving story. We do it all through giving stories on my phone, which literally says every time I fly, 24 trees get planted. Pretty cool. I understand that now. See? So, <laughs> so it's it's all about trying to link you know, what we do with uh, with uh, outcomes. And, uh, you know, I have another thing that says when I when I do a run, depending on the number of kilometers I go, you know, a kid gets access to a playground, you know, and stuff like that. So there's so many different things that uh, can be done now that, um, you know, there's there's really, I, I was going to say there's there's not much excuse. That presupposes that we should be doing it. And here's the thing, here's the thing. One of the things that I think is so important, 
I was speaking with a young lady, her name is Jess. She goes to, or she did go to St. John's College there in Brisbane. And I got to speak at that college three or four years ago when Jess, Jess was 14. And she had just been on a B1G1 study tour. And it just impacted her amazingly. And she, she and her brother uh, asked me to go to the school and speak. And I thought I'd be speaking with 50 kids. And I ended up speaking with 540 kids because the principal thought it'd be a good idea. And so, and Jess was introducing me. And, and uh, I said, Jess, if there's one thing that I should, you know, try and leave behind today, what would it be? And she said, oh, that's easy. And I said, okay, tell me. And she said, and remember, she was 14 when she said this. She said, well, we sometimes think that when we give, we're giving to the beneficiary, whereas the reality is we're actually, we are actually the beneficiary. I thought, whoa, out of the mouths of babes, you know what I mean? And every day I, uh, you know, I get these, these notes from people who've you know, done their first giving on B1G1, and it, it kind of goes like this. Wow, that just felt so good. That just felt so good to be able to do that. And so you get it. We are really, really the, the beneficiary of it. So it's, it's a, just a very cool, cool thing to be able to do. Oh, it's amazing how you're, you're, you're impacting not only the lives of those who need it most, but also the lives of, you know, business owners around the world and their teams. And, you know, it just, the ripple effect is, is phenomenal. You know, how, how one, it like is, you said, how one small idea can change the world. Yeah, it's, it is that. And, and, um, and there's obviously a lot more we, we, you know, we can do. But what's, what's interesting just on that is we used to think, that uh, it was all about, remember I talked about how easy it was to fall in love with the product? Remember I talked about that? And we used to think it was, and so if people were talking to us about it, we would say, well, that's really great. You can give for one cent and, you know, 100% of the giving goes. And, and we, when you give by credit card, we, we actually uh, make up the money that the credit card company takes off, you know, we, so that we can always look you in the eye and say it's 100%. We track the giving. You would have seen it. You know, we, we track the giving and you can look at it on the maps and on the automatic maps that you get in real time when you're part of B1G1 that you put up on your website and all that. You know, we, that's what we used to say. And then one of uh, my team members, one of our team members, she's 26, her name is Sharon. And uh, she decided after this meeting that we had where, you know, we needed to be all on, all on point, we needed to get these things right. And uh, Sharon decided that she would call a whole lot of people. I noticed she was calling people. I didn't think to ask her, why are you calling? And then three days later, she comes back and she says, I was a little worried by, by that, uh, that conversation we had. And so I decided I would call some members and I would ask them, what do, what do you say when you talk with other people? And she had produced, you know, those uh, documents that are like a word cloud where you, where, you know, you look at all the words and then bang, the word comes out of the document. So she said, look at this. And there were all the words that people were using. And the biggest word came out. The word was transformed. And she said, Paul, that's what's actually happening. People say this transforms the business. And, and, and she said, I, I said to them, gee, that's a big thing, you know, because <laughs> this is not, you know, we, did, we don't think of this as a culture program or whatever, you know. And so why would you say it transforms the business? And they said, this is so interesting. They said, because it shifts the spirit. It shifts the spirit of the business. And when you think about that and you think of all of those people that 
you know, as they're listening to this, perhaps going to work uh, or maybe even coming home from work or maybe during lunchtime. You know, just imagine if that place where we spend so much time uh, could actually be a place where the spirit uh, is is shifting uh, because we recognize that we're on purpose and that we're doing something about it as well. Yeah, imagine. No, imagine indeed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic that that can be so accessible. It just needs the understanding of the founder or the business owner to take it on board and understand how they can they can use it and link it to their own business. But the you know the transformation that can occur locally and internationally is mm. Um, mm. is limitless, unbound. It is. It's uh, it's almost uh, scarily exciting, isn't it? <laughs> As to uh, as to what can be done, and you know, we we see it every day uh, where people go, "Oh my God, you know, this this happened," you know, and um, yeah. So I, I um, you know, as I said before, I, I am so privileged to be able to do what I do, and and uh, you know, so privileged to, to spend some time with you as well to be able to have the opportunity to talk about it in hopefully an interesting way. No, you've you've definitely opened opened my eyes more, and and hope for those listening. You understand that that's, you know, what's possible. Paul, thank you so much again for, for sharing your insights and wisdom. I really, really do appreciate you taking the time out of your, you know, busy day to, you know, just to come on and share. It's been a really valuable experience for me and, and hopefully for others. Wow. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to do that. Thanks so much, Ed. If this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, I appreciate you for stopping by. Please subscribe. Otherwise, if you took away valuable advice from this episode, I'd love for you to share it with others. Until next time.